episode of the Classic Pickup Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whips, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This podcast is sponsored by Classic Pickup Supplies, your number one Ford and Chev pickup parts supplier. Mention Classic Truck for a 10% discount off your first order. Classic Pickup Supplies, located in Coolum Beach, Queensland. Call 07 5446 2667. Or visit their website, www.classicpickupsupplies.com.au. Classic Pickup Supplies, dedicated to the restoration and preservation of the pickup. Episode 49. This week I caught up with Dave, Danny and Kane from C10 Australia. I ran into these guys over in Arizona at Dino's Get Down in 2019 and I've been trying to get them on board ever since. It's been a bit of a battle to get everyone lined up and finally managed to get everyone sat down at the same time and uh yeah great chat with these guys um doing some cool things for the c10 community here in australia and uh really good chat so yeah buckling for this one it's good to talk to them um dave's down in tasmania danny and kane up in queensland i'm down here in victoria so this was a bit of a fun one to put together but i think it turned out pretty good so hope you guys enjoy this podcast okay uh joined Today on the podcast by Dave, Danny and Kane. These guys run uh, C10 Australia uh, Instagram page and, and they've got a great website and a lot of really cool gear for us to uh, to wear. But, uh, so we're going to head down to Tasmania first and, and chat to Dave. Dave, mate, thanks for joining us on the podcast. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. How are you today? Yeah, I'm doing all right. So uh, tell us a little bit about you, mate. I mean... You know, you're down in Tassie, there's probably quite a tight scene going on down there. What what sort of, you know, what were your early influences and was there much going on when you were young and, and how did you get tied into all this? Uh, not so much. Uh, family sort into cars. My old man used to be in the Speedway a little bit, but um, I didn't really, I always loved cars, but didn't really get active in the scene till probably, I don't know, early 20s, I guess. Yeah, so you would have just started off with a Toyota Corolla and driven that around? I had a Volkswagen to start with, actually. That was the first car we built. A Beetle? Yeah, Superbug. And um, I basically got that up and running and then offloaded that, had a mini truck for a little bit, very basic mini truck, and then uh, went full crazy into a Chevy build and been building it ever since. So tell us a bit about about the Chev, I mean, what, what was your mini truck? Was that just a little rodeo or a Toyota or what did you have? Yeah, it's just a little Hilux, mate, just a static dropped Hilux, nothing too crazy. Said 20s before 20s were cool and, yeah, that was it. So so there, was there a bit of a scene for the mini trucks? Like there were a few guys you were hanging out with that had cars? Oh, definitely. Um, back about 10 years ago, it was, it was you know, just like the rest of the country. It was pretty crazy out there, but it's died off a little bit now. It's only really the real OGs that still keep it going, but, um, yeah. Yeah, cool. And what got you going from from having that to going, right, I want a full-size Chevy? Was there just seeing what the scene was doing in the States? or? No, it was just street machine influence, really, and it was like the logical step. And I just always loved utes and trucks and just sort of fell into a Chevy truck and been obsessed ever since. Mm, awesome. Yeah, I, I feel your pain. So so tell us about your truck. Where would you find it and, and what is it? 
Uh, it's a 76 short bed factory big block um, square body. Uh, I actually got it from San Fran. I had a mate's, mate's uncle over there at the time and he, he spotted it and bought it back for me. And um, yeah, pretty much it. So I had a, a bit of a stalk on your Instagram and it looks like it, it has been a long build. When did you first get the truck? Well, I've probably had it for probably eight years. I think I, I didn't do anything to it for probably three where I just saved, get a bit of um, fun together and then... I guess I think I'll be coming up on five years at the end of this year on the build. Sort of snowballed a little bit, but that's all right. And was it a was it a driving truck when you got it, or was it a basket case? No, it wasn't too bad. It's just a typical American import, sort of bogged up to the walls and chicken wire and all that sort of usual stuff. But it was a it was an alright truck. Yeah. And you've taken that right back to Bear Steel and given it all the love it deserves? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's exactly, yeah. Sandblasted, got it all the way back. Replaced everything that needed to be replaced and, um, yeah, just keep going at it. And what level of that fabrication are you doing? Are you are you doing that stuff yourself or have you got a shop working working on it? No, so I use a, a local guy down here called um, Tom Saunders at Handmade Metal and he's done a lot of the high-ender stuff. I just do a lot of the grunt work. He gets in there and puts his little polish on the end of it. Generally, and what what's the what's going under the hood? What's the plan with the build? It's got a five forty on it, um, sort of like I'm going for a bit of a mix of Texas and Arizona, all blended into one. The big lip and big horsepower. Yeah, cool. And full airbag frame. That sort of sticking with that style. Yeah, it's all on, it's all on porter built stuff, and it's body dropped and. Or the ticks ticks a lot of the boxes, yeah. And you're the you're the first guy we've really talked to from Tasmania. You know, like obviously we've got Victorian engineering rules that we deal with it in New South Wales have, have got some fairly strict ones. What what's it like down there for you guys doing, you know, doing a porter built chassis for instance? Like how do you go with all that sort of stuff? <laughs> I don't <laughs> <laughs> um Oh, they just want all the testing, but Porterbuild are pretty good. They supply all the paperwork for it um, yeah. and have to have all the, the crack testing and all the other rigmarole that they ask for, just like any other state. It's, it's no different. Yeah. You just sort of at the mercy of them a little bit. Like you just you do what you can and um, you sort of pre plan as much as possible. But there's always going to be something they pick up. Like you just got to keep working at it. Like that's just how the cookie crumbles to you, really. It's just. You know, nature of the beast. You just gotta, whatever they're after is sort of what you gotta, gotta do if you want that bit of paper at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you've you've kind of got your wish list, and then you hope that you can do eighty percent of it, I suppose, don't you? Yeah, well, that's it, and uh, it's sort of you sort of try and plan and go along with them, but it's hard with Tassie because they're not that readily available, and ones that are sort of they have moved that we've sort of started with and or that sort of thing. Um, but at the end, it's just, you know, you keep going and keep trying to figure out and find someone that works. And, you know, if there's a grey, a shade of grey that that black and white can be, then, you know, we'll push that boundary and, and try and get it through. Awesome. No, it's, it's a great-looking build. So is there, a, is there a final date when you have a plan to have it on the road or is it, you know, it's just happening as, as it happens? Uh, 
I'm just pushing for as, as hard as I can at the minute. With no real end date. Um, I'm sort of sick of it being in the build, to be honest. So I'm pushing quite hard at the minute. But yeah, when it's ready, it'll be ready. And it's hard, you know, just like everyone else, getting shit sorted. Everyone work on it at the same time and all that sort of stuff. Just weeks tick by and the years go past. They do, yeah. And it's it's hard, I suppose. You know, you deal with a lot of guys who've got really nice high end builds that are finished, and and when you're just still sitting in the workshop and you you know you you're trying to keep motivated and keep building it, it can get really hard. I know. I just put my I put my truck back together for the first time in about a year and a half to just trailer it down to a show the other day. It's no, it doesn't have an engine in it. It's not driving, but I was like local show. I wanted to go and support it. And, and it's so motivating now to see my truck all together. It kind of looks like what it'll look like when it's driving, even though it's nowhere near that, but it's super motivating. And I've sort of got a new lease just from doing that. Yeah, I can relate to that. Um, just getting off the chassis table once every two years is good enough for me. Like, I hadn't, I'd forgotten how low it was because I hadn't seen off the chassis table. It was only sort of six weeks ago that I um, seen it on the deck and I was like, holy shit, um, that thing's pretty fucking low. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, um, this is probably going to be pretty good looking when it's done. But um, you just get so used to it in its natural state, just up on the table and you sort of forget why it's so extreme and all those things. And, yeah, I've, I still haven't seen mine with the with the tub on it because it's all pulled apart because um, it takes up less room. So that's just in my head and I'm quite looking forward to when the tub goes on, to be honest. How do you tackle your build? Like, do you have, do you have a list of jobs and you're just ticking them off or do you just, just go one little area and just focus on that and try and forget about the million other jobs that you have to do? How do you sort of visualize and think about the build? Oh, well, I try and work it. So I'm not doubling up on too much. As like doing stuff twice or um so like at the minute the cabs away having the interior all fabricated so everything that needed to be finished to let that happen happened and hopefully when it comes back we're not having to double up on too much so i try and do it so i'm not sort of chasing our tail too much and everything that needs to be done gets done before the next stage so sort of in the build process getting as much fab done um we need the interior to be done sort of before it goes to paint so it's gone to interior then we'll come back and the last bit of fab will get done it'll get put together um i'll probably drive around the block once and then blow it apart take the paint and then put it back together and then do the final install on the interior so that's sort of pretty much how the plan's going together it's just um this it takes time man like i wanted all hanging GM panels on my truck and took me 12 months to find good panels, like doors and guards and whatnot. It literally took me 12 months just finding them all over the country. And like I was lucky I ended up finding like new old stock somehow. So I don't know how or why it was in Australia, but yeah, I was just hunted that hard. I found it. Um, it was, I was making a push last year to get to Motorex as a um, – it's like a bare metal sort of display, like to sort of do what you did recently with your show, just to get a bit of inspo from that. And, and then COVID hit, so I had to pull the pin on that. And you know, there there goes another year. You pull your slot at the time at the fab shop, and he's not going to stop. So you just get pushed back to the end of his list, and then we're in the thick of it again now. So um, hopefully, it come together and be all right towards the end of the year. But yeah, yeah. So you might drag it over on the boat 
for Motor X in November, you think? No, I won't make this Motor X, no. Not, not November. Yeah, well, he's, it, you better to take the time than to rush it. I mean, you put, you know, everyone listening to this has probably got a great idea of how much time and money goes into a build. And like you say, you, you don't want to be doing stuff twice. You want to get it right the first time. And if it takes you a year longer and you're happy with it, it's better off than... I found the secret to that doing twice shit. You buy another truck that all the, the old shit can go on. So you've got another one that's your current daily while you're building this? <laughs> no, I got another square body on a C30. That's a tow rig. So anything that's been superseded or outdated on the C10 got shifted onto the Julie. And is that hard over like an eight-year build? I mean, not that styles totally change, but, you know, I know like you hear about people who've been building a car for 10 or 15 years' time. Like, the rims that you might buy for your car, they'll go out of fashion within five or 10 years. And is that something that you found over the, the course of your build? Yeah, I can see how that happens. But I really tried to be uh, autonomous with my styling. And like, for example, the wheels, like I've been drawing that wheel on my school books. Like I wanted that wheel forever. So it's sort of, and it's not a real complicated wheel. It's just a five spoke. I just, um, yeah, nothing too crazy. So a lot of that sort of stuff, I look at it and go, is this going to be dated in five years? And if it is sort of try and blend it back. And the style of the truck is pretty simple, um, like highly detailed, but it's still pretty simple. Awesome, mate. Well, let's look forward to seeing that thing finally finish when it, when it gets there and yeah, I, I reckon I'm a couple of years off on my build. So I, I feel your pain and uh, I guess you just got to keep, keep going until it's done. eh? Yeah. hundred percent. I can't wait to have it done. It'd be awesome. Well, let's, uh, let's cross the border and head North to Queensland. And um, we got Danny and Kane up there. Now you guys are a bit of a, a power Chevy couple from what I can work out. How are you both go? <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> So uh, let's throw Danny in the deep end first, I think, because she's been quiet the longest. How you going, Danny? Yeah, good, thank you. That's good. Tell us a bit about your story, you know, like uh, were you into trucks before Kane came along or, you know, has he been a bad influence on you? How did, how did that all work? Uh, probably not so much trucks, but just Chevys in general. Yeah. I've always been a Chevy in my house. My dad had a 34 Chevy sedan from when I was probably six or seven. And yeah, from that point onwards, I'm a Chevy girl through and through. And then meeting Kane, it's just gotten out of hand. <laughs> so did you guys did you guys meet at a Chev show, or was that just a total fluke that you met and you both like Chev? No, we met at the drag actually. And and what cars what cars did you have? You know, when you were younger, Danny, did you did you start off in a Chev? Did Dad's influence really kick in early, or did you go down a more traditional route first? Well, Dad actually wanted me to have a, um, wasn't it, an Austin. But that, that wasn't cool when I was young. I was like, no way. Ended up with a Hyundai XL. But Much cooler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Hyundai XL, let's, let's pretend that never happened. Then what, what was the next car? Uh, we're only up from there, Nissan Pulsar. Dad always had the cool cars. My brother built a... Um, is it 34? 34 roads. 34 roadster from scratch. Yeah. Um, that was also a long build. Like I can relate to Dave there. It's um, it's a hard slog. And Dad had had he's had a couple of trucks, but what's what's the one? Yeah, 64. 
Yeah. He's just recently sold his 64, so he's on the hunt for a square body now. Yeah. So, yeah, he's always been trucks in your family. Yeah. And and do you drive a classic car at the moment or are, you, are we waiting to uh, drive Kane's truck? No, I've got a 51 Chev sedan. Yeah. Well, patina. Yeah, yeah. Straight, looks like it's straight out the paddock. It yeah. comes from um, Chinchilla. And it's the original paint colour and it's had a clear coat put over it. So it's preserved patina. Beautiful. Is that a four-door or a two-door? Four-door. Four-door, yeah. They're such a classic shape. And is that thing lowered? Because they, they just become almost like a like a modern lead sled, don't they? Yeah, it's, it's got um, like HP front end conversion. It's cast main rod shop drop spindles. Um, rack steering, boosted brakes. It's been tubbed in the RSN. It's got two seven five under it. Um, yeah, rides really good. Drives really good. Stops really good. Like a car should, you know. It's still got a just a baby two eighty three small block in it with a little cam and a turbo four hundred. But you know, it's good car. You know, Danny drives it. Done a lot of weddings and formals and you know, between us, we got four kids. In, it's all the kids. <laughs> so it's all the kids got twin bench seats and we can all sit in it and you know that's that's what it's all about so, yeah i think if i ever had a sedan it would be you know that 51 through 54 chevy sedan i, I just think they got such a a timeless look about them and being a being obviously an aussie right hand drive car is a is a pretty cool thing too yeah yeah we love that um aussie, aussie sort of crossover of gm and um right-hand drive cars that were imported but not highly you know detailed in history either like that side of things is super interesting to us and um i think that flows on a lot to what dave and i really enjoy seeing you know all the guys from america are hard on about right-hand drive chevys and you know most of our stuff is right-hand drive and that's the plan is to sort of keep that um, australian theme to our to our cars and our trucks and, um, you know, really try to make that part of our brand as well, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm going to swear and use the Ford word for a moment, but I was talking to uh, Solomon Lunger on the last episode and he's over in um, Miami. And, you know, he was, I think after we got off the podcast, we chatted for probably another hour. It was ridiculous, but... Uh, he was sort of just saying, oh, find me a right-hand drive F100 and send it over. You know, he'd really love to have one. And it's that cool factor for them, the same as what a lot of guys love here, driving a left-hand drive truck, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think every time Dave and I have been to the States, that's all, uh, all we get is everybody's like, find us a right-hand drive square body, you know? Because that's what they want between all the boys you, know, you can find them, but they're few and far between these days with everybody else and what's going on and the trucks have all of a sudden become super expensive. So, you know, it's what it is. I mean, they pretty much only need a dash, really, don't they? I mean, they, they could just change up any... They've got thousands of cabs laying around. They could pretty easily do it. What do you reckon, Dave? Can you easily do it? Yeah, that's shitting him. <laughs> he just what you just converted the Julie, didn't you? Yeah, I converted the uh Julie. Used all factory parts. So I found uh I wrecked a um a C twenty that was factory right hand drive and just used all the factory parts out of that onto the C thirty, which was left hand drive. Uh yeah, 
was pretty straightforward. Uh, nothing too difficult. Yeah. Just a dash that from the middle of the bush. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Kane found me a dash up near his house and then we shipped it all the way um, all the way to Tassie. It's been all over the country, that, that dash. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, I, I've got C20 um, IFS and a 14 bolt in my 50 truck that I'm building and, you know, it it all works really nicely and, and fits in there pretty well. So I'd imagine changing the right-hand drive wouldn't be a big deal on those. It actually, all the... Um... If you once you've um drilled out where the booster and everything spot welded onto the firewall, everything's connected. So the brake pedal bolts to that um bracket on the firewall and then that obviously lines up with all your power steering box. So everything can sort of only really go in one spot. And once you got a sweet spot for one, it pretty much turned out that it was in the sweet spot for everything else. Because it's sort of like just a big, once you bolt it all together, it all just only can go in one spot. I know a lot of people like sticking with left-hand drive in Australia. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I'm not really talking from experience. I, I, I haven't driven left-hand drive very much in Australia, but I, I just can't see how you'd overtake on a highway. That's what worries me anyway. Yeah, you can't. I, I didn't enjoy it one bit. And how I plan to drive these things, it's not going to be safe to be the left hand. <laughs> All right, Kane, you're on the chopping block. What, what's your story, mate? Let, tell us how you, you know, you got got this sickness and, and got involved in, in the trucks and vehicles. Uh, look, I'm not a great deal different to Dave. At the end of the day, I, um, I was misspent youth fabricator, fitter and turner, you know, um, spent a lot of time at the drag strip, cars, race cars, with that and the other, you know, always seen cool tow trucks and that, and was too poor because I was an apprentice and never never able to afford a half decent truck. So I started the same. I had a couple of mini trucks over the years, you know. I had a Agrideo for a lot of years, and then I got into the older stuff. I had um, a few Chevy Loves, really cool Chevy Loves in my time, really nice Zenith runs. Um, stuff that I'd found all over the place, and I still got a Chevy Love in storage um, for a future project. So I've got three boys, so maybe I'll um, build that with them later on down the track. But my first full-size truck actually came out of a um, a local sort of small trader kind of um, hand-typed. Thing you'd pick up at the news agency, you know, it wasn't very, wasn't a very, you know, publication that you'd put online or anything like that. And I was working a big shutdown up at um, one of the power stations, and Danny and I were both there. And I found this Chev C20 in, a, in the thing. I said, Oh, we should go look at this on my day off. And <laughs> next minute, yeah, the Chevy truck that we were building at the night while I was working. Yeah. Um, it was a factory right-hand drive, 73C, 20 long bed, eight stud truck, very unsought old truck, but you know, it was awesome. We uh, really bagged it and lowered it. It had a, you know, a crash full speed in it, bent seat and right-hand drive, and I thought it was the best thing ever. So that's what got me involved with full-size truck. Yeah, and so... You obviously, that's not the truck you've got now. So 
you got to a point where you, you found a better one? Is that what happened? No, so same old story, you know, kids, this, that, sold my first full fly structure by our first house and we, you know, did what we had to do, but always knew I wanted another full fly structure to sort of find what I wanted, you know. I wanted that originally I wanted that city town in a um, in a square body that I just couldn't find an Aussie one, you know. Because they weren't readily available. Like most of the time they were all C twenties that were sold. They weren't um, you know, they weren't C ten. A C ten was only a special order thing at that stage. So I hunted for a lot of time, um, had another couple of mini trucks just by themselves, a bit of stuff and then it was actually Danny's dad that found the truck I have now. And um, it was a gum tree find of all things. We were cooking curry sausages one night and Danny's dad goes, oh, here's a truck clear on Gumtree. And it was everything I wanted, but it was the early model. And I never thought I'd find an early model, you know. Um, so I rung the bloke up and only been for two hours, rung him up, knocked it all out, made sure he had all the paperwork. And I said, oh, do you have all the paperwork for the imports and the left-hand drive stuff? And he said to me, he goes, oh, there's no need for any of that. It's a right-hand drive truck. And I think I nearly fell out of my chair. So, I mean, in that shape of truck, like that 67 to 72, there's a fair few of them down that Victoria way that are sort of right-hand drive. But, you know, maybe only a dozen or a dozen, I reckon. And, um, yeah, it was, it was one of the converted, factory converted, right-hand drive 67 to 72s. So mine's a 72 um, loaded Cheyenne truck. Whoever had ordered it was must have been someone special. You know, it was a factory big block, 402, turbo 400 Cheyenne package. It had all the trims. Um, Aircon, power steer, tinted glass, big back window, you know, everything you could dream of except it was a long bed, you know. But at that stage it sort of didn't really bother me. No, it's a it's a cool looking truck and and so you've you've obviously it's no longer a long bed. Tell us a bit about that. Ah, well, that's a bit special. So it was it was an injected three oh five turbo seven hundred long bed truck when I picked it up. Someone had tried to build it. It was sort of half built, didn't run real well, put a couple of engines in it, had nothing but problems, had a half-assed bag system in it. So I got to the point where I either had to build a really nice small block to put in it or I had to, you know, go full ham. So full ham's what happened. It took me, yeah, it took me a couple of years, but there was... With the long bed to short bed conversation that goes on, I don't like short bed trucks. Not that, you know, I don't love them or, you know, guys build them, you know. Trucking is one of those things where everybody does something different. And I didn't want to cut it into a short bed truck because I don't like the proportions of a short bed truck. If you look at a short bed truck, the bed length is actually shorter than the cab length. And to me, when you look at it, it just was all out of proportion. So I sat down one night and it was over a few beers and a few mates and we looked at things and did this and did that. I worked out it needed to be a mid-bed. 
So the wheelbase on my truck is actually only six inches shorter than a long bed truck. But what that does is created the bed length to be exactly the same length as the cab. So when you look at it from a distance and it's aired right down, everything is all in proportion. And I actually got the idea from a Ford guy of all things. So um, one of the boys in the NC club, NC Lonnie out of um, out of oh, America somewhere, he's got a F-150, yellow F-150 that's got a mid-bed shortened. And I'd seen how his truck sat and everything looked right and I'm like, I need to set mine up in something similar sort of stance to that. And I hadn't seen it done in the C10 sort of show scene yet. And that, so that's what I sort of went about with my truck. So that's the, the theme that, that you see in the bed that hasn't been fixed yet or anything like that because, you know, that, that gets polished to bare metal and everybody can sort of see that something's been changed, but they never really know what. Mm. So you... You've only taken length out of the front section of the bed. The rear's still its original shape and length. Yep, that's correct. Yep. Yeah, it it definitely does balance. It definitely balances well. I I was looking at the photos and I actually love I love how guys leave what they you know we call them the scars yeah. or those cuts you know but no it's come up nice. Yeah. So to get that six inch wheelbase shorter was not just um you know factory chassis it's been three-quarter chassis from the back of the cab it's got a mcdonald's brothers rhs rear end in it it's four length it's watts length all the section of the chassis board from there all the way to the front horns has all been boxed in um yeah like it's there was a lot in it pre-planning when we went to the chassis to go, right, oh, what are we going to do to make it right? So, and it comes back to what sort of Dave said about not going back on what, you know, what you've already built and designed and thought about. And, you know, if you do it at the start, it takes, you know, a lot of the work at the end there. So it's a finished product now. It's driving on the road. Nothing needs done. Uh, are they ever finished? <laughs> they're never finished but exactly. but it's, it's registered yeah. yeah 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 it's registered on the road but you know there's always still things i'm changing like today i just finished putting in the new portable hood hinges because i had endless drama with my bonnet opening closing because it's so low and i just put the bigger wheels on it and this and that and so i'm still trying to sort out all the front tubs and a few fancy bits in the engine bay, but you know, it's nowhere near the point I could blow it apart and send it to paint yet. There's still a lot of other fab things I want to do. And that's the plan. You, you're going to respray the whole thing? Uh, in the long term, like I really enjoy it just as a bit of a Fotina truck thing at the moment. Going back to what I said, we've got four kids. I've got a, you know, I've got a decent shed where things fit in, you know, but my kids, they jump in and out of the trucks and, you know, they enjoy it as well. And I don't want to have to worry about $20,000 worth of paint. Oh, don't touch it. Don't go near it. You know, don't ride your bike near it. Um, so at the moment, at our time in our life, it's it's perfect, you know. It's great. I love it. Yeah. No, that's great. So let's chat a bit about C10 Australia. I mean, when did... 
when did you and and Dave sort of meet? How did that happen? <laughs> when did the bromance start? Bromance, we should call that. Yeah, it was that Island Fever. I don't know which year it was. Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen, and we were standing outside the pub, and I think we were talking about Chevy trucks, and I I had was like, oh yeah, well, I've got a Chevy truck. Okay, it's like, yeah, sure, sure you do. I was like, no, no, I do. And I said, oh, actually, I've got a set of fucking 405s for my Chevy truck. And I'm pretty sure he didn't believe me. <laughs> and, then, and then I like two weeks later, we were talking and I sent him a photo of my rims. And he's like, oh, <laughs> you weren't just a piss dickhead talking shit. And, uh, <laughs> and then um, we sort of just communicate over Insta and send each other truck pictures. And then out of the blue one day, Kate calls me up and goes, Oi, can you get a week off work? Do you want to come to the get down? And I was like, what? Yeah, okay. And it's pretty much been tight as ever since. Went to the get down, had a fat time. and Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much right. That's pretty much how it was, wasn't it, Kane? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much what happened. I might have been, yeah, 40 beers deep, I think, when you told me you had some 405s. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so so what year did you guys what year, what year did you guys go over for the get-down? Was that the year I met up with you there, or did you go a couple of years before that? Yeah, it was 20, 2018 was the get-down, and then... Okay. 2019 was get down but 2017 i went to lone star with some other mates of mine as well so that was pretty good as well yeah yeah and that i mean seeing so many trucks you know lone star throwdowns probably just as big if not bigger at times you know and and being in texas like you just see so many different trucks how, how does that influence you when you come back and and think about what you're doing in your project do you come back with a, a new list of wants yeah, I bought a whole lot of shit. <laughs> I think every trip that we've been on together, the you know, we've taken minimal clothes so that we can bring maximum parts home. <laughs> I think one year, one year we went there. I was bringing um, drop spindles and compressors and a few other bits and pieces, all loaded into everybody's bag. We had to shift all our weights around so that we could get part-time, you know, just for our build so we didn't have to pay freight on them. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a killer, isn't it, getting parts over here? It's just, it's slow and it's expensive. Yes, it is. Could have built food trucks, eh, Dave? <laughs> yeah, could have. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So, so C10 Australia, like, I mean, at some point, was that a couple of beers conversation and you went, hey, we should do a thing? Like, how did that, sort of articulate its way in you know what what's the story behind what you've done with it it was at the get down and we just had such a good time i was like i need well we need to be a part of this in the australian version like we need to be able to be included in some way or form and having that platform just really gives us a good reach to sort of see it, everyone's builds that's going on um and that was really the push for it. We just wanted to be involved. and Because uh, the how they do the truck scene over there is pretty awesome. Mm, definitely. And and is it predominantly an Instagram 
thing that you guys are running or is there a Facebook page as well? A Facebook page and a Facebook group. The group's more of a, you know, like a buy swap, sell, wanted, you know, how do I fix this? Where do I get that? So, yeah. Yeah, awesome. I, I suppose the conversation needs to probably go back a step, Dave, to, you know, we didn't start C10 Australia either. No, we didn't. Yeah. So C10 Australia was um, already being run by, you know, a good friend of ours, Andrew Centra. You know, he put up, he put together a great platform and, you know, he was very involved, knows people, done all the stuff. And I think he just, you know, Dave and I talked about trying to do something and I said we should talk to Andrew and see what, what his plans are for the future. And um, I think maybe Andrew was just at a different stage in his life and he was ready to move on. And I think I might have caught him off guard um, the day I rang him and said, Oi, what are you doing? Do you want to sell the business to us? And he was sort of like a little bit taken back. But, um, you know, he's got a short bed Chevy on 24s. He powder coats for a living and he's awesome, you know. Just wanted to take, um, take your brand and take Australia as a theme just to the next level. So that's how the, the rebranding come about and, you know, the Motorex stuff over the, you know, a couple of years ago and all of those sorts of push over the last, you know, 18 months to two years has come about. It's just, you know, pure for the thing that they've said is we want to create something that people can, you know, be involved in, but still, you know, it's purely Australian, you know, it's not, too much American, it, it, it pays homage to what we love. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you guys post up earlier Chevs like mine. I mean, it's not officially that's not a C10, I suppose, but it is a Chevy truck. So it's really just a love of, of Chevs, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. And, you know, we love Chevs and hot rods and, you know, task force trucks and anything we can be a part of. We, you know, we'd love to, you know, there's no discrimination. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So for guys listening, uh, you guys got a really great website. It's um, c10australia.com and you got a whole range of really cool merchandise there, hats and hoodies and really cool flannies like what Dave's wearing. Um, also like shop banners, stickers, heaps of stuff there. So, you know, get on um, c10australia.com and, and check out the goods and, and definitely make sure you jump on Instagram and, and follow the page because, you know, you guys, Posting up some really cool stuff, and you know, I really enjoy having a look at it. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks, Michael. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, tell us a bit about about where you think the scene's going in Australia. I mean, you're pretty tied into it, which is great. And you know, all most of us have been to the states and been to the big shows over there. And and you know, do you think that we'll get to a stage where where we're having you know these huge scenes i mean the numbers of trucks coming into this country it's like a, a waterfall coming out of the docks right now where do you see it going i hope so um i'm really looking forward to getting to the point to get to a lot more of these shows at the moment i'm just so focused on building i just don't even bother going but once they're done i want to do as many shows especially now we can't travel like all the naps and you know Anything that there's going to be a, a chance of a Chevy truck being at, I want to make sure that at least one of our trucks is there. So, 
on that note, Michael, you better sort of fill us in with what's happening in Victoria, mate. Like I hear there might be, you know, sounds of a show down there that we can maybe get in on this year. Yeah, I've thrown myself, thrown myself in the deep end. Um, yeah, so we, we've got two really big rod runs that happen on the same weekend down here, and it's, it's come from, as far as I understand it, is that it used to be one big show and there was a bit of a split um, political split in organising it and so they've ended up in two different towns but there's one uh, in Bright and that's on I think it's like the 5th and 6th of November this year and then at the same time over in Yarrawonga on the border they have a big show over there as well so what I sort of you know I go to that every year I'm only half an hour from Bright it's just across the road from me basically and I, I love going there and there's you know there's always a heap of really cool trucks there you know Leon from Big L's Chop Shop's always there with his truck and Dusty Flynn's got really, you know, like all the sort of trucks that I love and I love seeing them, but they're all, they're spread out so far and it's hard to see them in one place. And I really thought it was time, uh, you know, doing the podcast and talking about trucks all the time. I think we're definitely ready for a, a truck specific show for Australia. So I know that there are some smaller ones. I know there's an F100 roundup that's coming up. Um, Queen's birthday weekend down in um, Wodonga as well. But this is going to be uh, on the 4th of November, which is the Thursday before those two shows. So anyone that's interested in coming down, you know, maybe come down Wednesday night, stay in, in the Aubrey-Wodonga area. Thursday during the day, we've, we've got a um, – it's not officially a racetrack, but it's a logic the logic test track out at the um, Wodonga TAFE logic center and they basically use that for all their driver training and stuff like that so you can do full laps it's got you know it's got the kitty litter on the side it's pretty safe and you can go full tilt give the truck a good run so we're going to do that for you know half a day and then afterwards we go and do a big um basically just a big show and shine under lights right in the middle of the city in Wodonga and you know there's a bar there and we're gonna have a heap of different food vendors and and probably have maybe some guys like yourself who, who want to set up and, and vend a bit of their kit. And, you know, that'll, that'll be the Thursday into Thursday night. And then, you know, Friday people can get up in the morning and they can go to Bright Rod Run if they want, or they can head over to the other one on the border. And, you know, just, I think it's a, if I just tried to do a show specifically just for the trucks in the middle of the calendar somewhere else, I think drawing enough people down would be harder. Whereas, you know, there's already 40 or 50 trucks heading to the Bright Rod Run. So I thought, let's captivate that, you know, and, and build on it and make it our own show, but ha have it quite well tied in. So that's the plan. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, that's, that's how the get down started. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. People were just trying to get to the good guys and stopped in at Dino's and, and got bigger and bigger. So the hard thing I'm having at the moment, you know, I'm talking to different vendors and talking to council and they're like, Oh, how many um, vehicles are going to be at this show? And I'm just like, I've got no idea. Like it could be a hundred. It could, it could go crazy. I don't know. Like where we're, where we're setting up, we're going to struggle to get more than, you know, once we get over a hundred, we'll be parking more in a car park than in the main area. But I'm happy for the first year just to see how it goes. It's, it's a really, a really public place. And that's what I kind of didn't want to do something that was a what, It'd be easy to do a show where it's just all the truck guys together and we're all happy talking to each other. But what I really want to do is do it in the middle of town so that 
some teenage kids can just wander by and go, oh, what's going on here and come and have a look and really open their eyes to cool cars. You know, it's not all these modern cars. It's, it's the old classics that we obviously love and, and just trying to spread that love. Yeah, that sounds awesome, Michael. Yeah. yeah. I, hope all, I hope it all works out. And, um, you know, maybe that later stage in the year, I, I, you know, Dave and I have talked about it already this week, but I might be available. I, I know Dave's not available at that time, but, you know, if it works. I didn't realise it was in Melbourne. Yeah, so it's 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 in Wodonga, which is uh, it's about a four-hour drive uh, north of Melbourne. But, um, yeah, it's pretty pretty good. and. And I mean, I'd love to see, you know, even at some stage, someone in Queensland put their hand up and say, hey, we'll do one on the opposite end of the calendar up north and, you know, and get the other half of the people up there. It's, you know, this I'm doing it as a non-for-profit. We're just going to raise money for some, um, for, you know, some good causes. And, and it's just about having fun. And, and it's going to be all brands. It's not Chevy. It's not Ford. It, you know, if you've got an international or whatever you've got, if it's a classic pickup, um, you know, it's going to be there. So it, it'll be really fun. Yeah, it will be. Sounds going to, like it's going to be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just see how it goes. I mean, it, and it basically came from the same thing. I was over at Dino's and I was just like, this is just so awesome. There was no, you know, like, I'm not going to judge. There's not going to be best truck or first prize or shiniest paint. Like, it's just park your truck up, go, go talk to a guy and have a beer and talk about how much you love a truck. And, you know, that's what it's all about. Yeah, that's exactly right. Cool. Anything, I mean, you know, anything you guys want to add? There's a lot I probably don't know about, you know, C10 Australia. And Danny, I, I guess you're a bit of a driving force as well. Do you, do you want to just add a bit of info for people that are listening? Um, no. Oh, well. <laughs> Sorry. You got me off guard there. <laughs> she's the workhorse, mate. She's, she's the I, one that ties it all together and makes shit happen. I'm just the, yeah, I'm I know. Behind the scenes, I um. Yeah, jumped out of my comfort zone and built the website and um, have spent many, many hours sourcing stock and making sure it's the right fit, the right colour, the right shape, the right brand. And, um, yeah, it's all been a learning curve, but it's pretty cool. I'm excited to see where the brand's going. I'm definitely going to get a couple of those flannies. I'm, I'm a flanny guy for sure. And um, <laughs> I was pretty impressed with, with, the, with the price tag of those things, to be honest with you. Like, they look a, a good quality flanny and, and, a, and at a reasonable price. This... This one I'm wearing is a Patagonia flanny, and uh, which is against everything everything I stand for, really. But um, as part of my as part of my job, I we get a a pro deal on Patagonia. I work as a ski patroller in the winter, and so I, I don't pay uh, full retail. It's fair to say, but you know, a flanny to me was always ten bucks at the supermarket, and um, you know, you guys are you know you got a, a good looking flanny there, and. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed a bunch of stuff on your site, and I'll be doing. I'll be passing that on to my wife to do some shopping soon. Oh, thank you. It's, it's ever evolving. I'm still working on a few things, but yeah. And I think um, I think our future for the brand too is to sort of take it, you know, to a YouTube level as well. You know, um, I recently, or Danny and I recently acquired a new project truck, and you know, Dave's got some big things coming up with his jewelry nearly being finished, and some of his stuff for his, you know, square body single cab. So we'd like to evolve into that. Um, we're not still quite there yet, you know. The new the new truck, we'd like to do some smaller tech stuff for people and, you know, maybe bits and pieces. And it's got a mad bit of Australian history that goes with it as well. So um, we'll see how all that pans out. No, I think it'd be good. I mean, we're so saturated by 
you know, and, and for our American listeners, I'm not uh, trying to insult you or give you a hard time, but, you know, it, we're so saturated with American shows and how-tos and, you know, the honest truth is a lot of the stuff that we see on those shows, we can't do it here in Australia. So, you know, really good to get a bit of Aussie content on, you know, doing doing builds that are ADR approved here in Australia and, you know, some shortcuts and things like that. Um, be really cool, I think. Yeah, no, we totally agree. Yeah. And then, you know, do some, do some cuts to the videos about, you know, we got to this point, but now it's three weeks later before we got our parts. <laughs> yeah, just just sitting there with cobwebs growing on you while you wait for uh, a shipment to come in. There's no way we're not part of the pan here. Danny and I just um, only a week ago, two weeks ago, we bought a '71 um, Suburban that come out of um, come out of Sydney through a guy I know, but. Originally, the Suburban came from the Pine Gap military base out at Alice Springs. So it had been imported into Australia brand new and it's been on the base since 71 and it only got sold off the base in late 90s to another guy who then bought it, who was an ex-serviceman from Pine Gap, a US guy who retired in Australia and then he moved to a little town in Gainda. But it, he passed away and it got passed through a couple of hands. And then now we own it. But this car has only got 5,500 miles on it. And it's a genuine 71 Suburban C10. So it's a five-star trailing arm, coil sprung, you know, not leaf sprung, six-star or eight-star truck. It's... Um, all original, got still got its speed, still got all these other bits and pieces. Um, and, you know, that's our plan is to do a few tech articles on some of the bits that are available and, you know, maybe do aircon or, you know, trim kit or bits and pieces that, you know, aren't easily available. And um, hopefully from a C10 point of view, we can bring that to you over the next 12 months at least you know, as we work towards where we want to be. You know, maybe you'll see it at a show with some of our merch in it instead of the truck. I don't know, you know, but we plan to do some stuff with it as well. Oh, that sounds really cool. Is that right-hand drive or is it a left-hand drive? Uh, no, she's a factory left. Um, we don't, you know, we thought about converting it, but with all the history that it's got and the originality of the truck, you know, it's something you'd kind of find in a barn in Arizona or Texas. And I think if we were to... Convert it to right-hand drive, we're going to take some of that authenticity away from it. So we might just keep it this one left-hand drive and we'll see where it goes in the long term. No, that's really cool. Yeah, there's there's uh, there's not enough Suburbans in this country. I don't think it's it's something I've been – I actually had one lined up to buy and I ended up handballing it over to a mate, which I'll probably regret over the rest of my life, but it's a really nice uh, – it's an early – it's a 52, I think, but uh, – yeah, I think the more and more guys our age who have kids, you know, a pickup's awesome, but you can't put the family in it. And, you know, you've obviously got the, the sedan that you use for that as well. But, yeah, I think a cool Suburban is, is a way forward. Yeah, especially for, you know, dads that want a truck and, you know, their wives won't let them. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's a common problem.
Not in this house. Not in this house. <laughs> no, no, not in your house. All right, cool. Well, that's really good, guys. Um, let's let's wrap that up a little bit. So, why don't you do a shout out? Tell us what your personal Instagrams are. If people want to check out your trucks, uh, we'll also have them on in all the show notes for the podcast. But um, if you want to start, Dave, if people want to check out your build, uh, my Insta is dstrat three five zero. And uh, Danny. Uh, Danny L Burnson. Cool. And Kane. Uh, it's uh, KOM17 underscore S-E-E-T-E-N-A-U-S. So commit C10Oz. So, yeah. Cool. Awesome. And obviously um, at C10 Australia, if you want to check out heaps of really cool Aussie trucks, you guys are posting up all the time and, and obviously quite a bit of the merch that you have uh, available and, and they can link through the website and good idea to, you know, shop up and buy some cool gear. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, thanks, for, thanks for chatting to us, guys. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks very much. Well, that's the show for this week. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. All information shared in our episodes is general and you should contact your engineer for advice on your build. Please remember to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and share it with friends and fellow enthusiasts on Facebook, iTunes, or the good old word of mouth. I appreciate hearing feedback, good and bad, so please feel free to shoot me an email, classicpickuppodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in advertising on the podcast and have a relevant business, please get in touch. And finally, if you have a project you're building, it can be hard to find the time to work on it. Just spend 15 minutes a day Even if you only unbolt one panel or mount one bracket, you'll be amazed at how quickly it all adds up. The music you hear in the background of this podcast is called Hammer On Down by Uncle Bonehead. Until next week, enjoy the ride.